If you are a businesswoman working to amplify your six and seven figure business from success to significance, then you know it's not just about the right strategies or the right tactics. It's more and more about high caliber people around you, your team, your collaborators, and advisors that can open doors for you and widen your reach. Welcome to your Circle of Influence podcast with your hosts, Dr. Monica Ogando and Amy Walker. Hello, hello, and welcome everybody to another episode of your Circle of Influence podcast. I am your co-host, Dr. Monica Ogando. And I'm Amy Walker, and we are super excited that you're here with us today. We're talking about the impossible mm-hmm. societal expectations for women in business. And I think we should add on to that the impossible personal yeah. expectations we place upon ourselves as women upon in business. ourselves. Yes. All that stuff is internalized and, and that's on purpose. I, you know, this, we might go in and out of uncontained vents <laughs> <laughs> in this, in this conversation, because some of this stuff is just brutal. So, um, so shall we just get in right into it? Yes. Okay. Impossible, impossible societal expectation number one. I think in this society, we expect women to, I've heard this before, to work as if we don't have a family and to have a family like we don't have work to do. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So when you have two people, and my husband is so good at this, I'm Mm -hmm. so grateful. But when you have two people that are both working and both providing for the family, um, you got to have two people that are equally providing for the home. Yeah. Uh, like it is. And you figure out what that distribution looks like. Like I still carry the mental load for most of the stuff in our home. Mm-hmm. My husband cannot remember when a dentist appointment is or an orthodontist appointment. And if he schedules Same. it, we miss them. Right. Same. But I carry the, like the schedule and where everything needs to be, but he's so willing to do all of the stuff. Mm -hmm. So he does more of the grocery shopping than I do. He does more of the cooking than I do. He does more of the cleaning than I do. And I'm kind of like the household manager. And that's what works for us. Cause he doesn't want to be the house. He doesn't want to be the manager, Mm -hmm. but he's fine to be the doer. Mm -hmm. Um, And so however that distribution looks like in your world is great, but you cannot expect yourself to work like you don't have a family and have a family like you don't work. That's ridiculously crazy. Yeah. Right. And I think, um, it, it breeds unspoken resentment that then leaks out in other ways. It leaks out sometimes in hormonal burnout. So you turn it on, on yourself. Sometimes that's a thyroid issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's no accident that the thyroid is right here at your throat chakra and you haven't been speaking up. So now your thyroid is tired. Mm -hmm. Um, it turns into the FUPA situation down here. And that's also no accident because this is where your solar plexus and where your sacral is. And this is the, the point of reproducing yourself, right? So asking for help, getting other people to delegate yourself, right? Um, and your executive will center, like the, the, the power to be able to say yes to this, no to that, et cetera. So when we get, when we have a FUPA around here, that's kind of like a, our body doing this protection thing. Like mm. I'm really taking this word FUPA very personally right now. <laughs> like, stop talking about my FUPA, Monica. <laughs> Girl, yours and mine, right? I have, I have one too. Um, 
But it's amazing how our bodies tell us that it's like, you've been slipping on this. And here's how mm-hmm. you know, because, th- you know, this isn't working or this isn't where it's supposed to be, et cetera. Um, I think another impossible societal expectation is to be forever young. Yeah. This is particularly true of white centered cultures, which is yeah. ironic because y'all are the ones that age the fastest, but that's another sermon for another son. <laughs> Black don't crack. And in most melanated cultures, we honor and revere and take care of our elders. There's a, there's a place of respect and of deference for our elders, um, especially our women. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the reasons why in a lot of cultures, it's the grandma that raises the children. The mom mm-hmm. has the children because the mom has the biological, you know, like bounce capacity, back. Yeah. capacity, right? <laughs> but she doesn't have the wisdom yet. So it's the grandmothers that raise the children mm-hmm. and the grandfathers that ritualize, you know, coming of age and so forth. Um, so this un- impossible expectation of like, you're supposed to stay forever young for what? I do. Well, I personally so... don't like the 25 year old Monica. Okay. Yeah. She's nobody that I would want to be friends with. And it's so prevalent on like Instagram and uh, TikTok and social media. It's like you get on there and you're in your forties. You're like, oh, I'm the old lady here, you know? And I understand that there's, I understand that there's a space of, they are platforms that were adopted by, they were, the early adopters were of a younger generation, right? I get that. But I um, recently within the last year, I had someone speak at one of my conferences and, um, she was older mm-hmm. and I had this first thought. My first thought was like, Oh, she's old and boring. Mm. And then I, I, and I was like, wait a minute, pause that because mm-hmm. this was one of my events where we have lots of people come on. Mm-hmm. I was like, she's wise and she's slow paced. That's what she is. Like I had to reframe that in my mind because I was like, Oh, she's going to lose the energy. And then the numbers are going to drop off. And I'm thinking all this. Mm. And I thought I cannot ask everybody to have, I can't ask for the wisdom that she has, which was great. And also ask for the energy that she would have had when she was 40. That's an unrealistic ask. Yeah. Wow. That's great. It's great that you noticed that. Yeah, I caught it, but I did think it like, but you know what, if we were all uh, damned based on all of our thoughts, none of us would ever make it. So <laughs> I yes. got it. And then I was like, oh, this, is, this is why the space between your thought and its manifestation is actually for you. Yes. <laughs> the delay is grace, honey. <laughs> yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here's one that I have um, that women are expected to be able to start run and grow profitable businesses without in financial investment upfront. And I see this in a couple of different places. I see it in, um, the fact that lending is not equal. Mm-hmm. Um, the amount of money that gets lended out to male owned businesses versus women owned businesses mm-hmm. versus women of color owned businesses. Yeah. That's like, it's like this. You got one up here, one way down, and then the other one like way off the charts. So they're not close. Um, Also, though, I see a lot of husbands expecting their women to be able to be successful, their wives, not their Mm -hmm. women. That sounded very Mm cavemanish, but the idea is very cavemanish too, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So they expect them to be able to make money in their business, but they won't let them invest in the business. They won't let them get loans or get funding or anything like that. Mm. Um, 
And I also see this in women themselves where they expect that they should be able to grow this business and be profitable, but not have money to hire help or get a coach or Mm -hmm. anything like that. That one kind of is a pet peeve of mine. Why do you think that is? Why why do we have that idea that it's like, I mean, sometimes we even do it in our households. It's like, no, no, I'm going to, I have to do this myself. Otherwise I'm not being a proper household manager or fiduciary wife or mother or whatever. Why do we do this? So this is just my best guess. Okay. Um, I think that it is very recent that women have had access to funding. Yeah. Like Mary Kay Ash, for example, when she started her company and her company is about 50 years old, probably maybe Mm -hmm. 55, but it's Mm -hmm. not, it's not that old. Mm -hmm. But when she started her company, she was the one who was already a six figure earner, already successful, already a beast at sales. And she goes to start her company and her husband died right before she was going to start her company. So she had to take her 22 year old son in with her to co-sign on the loan who she was paying for his college. But he has to co-sign on the loan for her to be able to get it. I think that we are still relatively new to women being able to have access to funds to grow their businesses. So really, if we're talking Mm -hmm. 55 years ago, this is, this is our grandmothers, right? Our grandmothers were not allowed to have loans for our mothers. It was very hard for them to get access to funding. And then for us, it's there, but we are, we are lacking in the financial literacy and confidence to go after it. Mm -hmm. And, and also we're still seeking for permission because 50 years ago we needed literally needed somebody, not just their permission, not just their blessing, their actual signature to be able to (laughs) access it. Can you even believe it? I think it's residual. I think we're working our way out of it, but it still yeah. exists that a lot of us feel like we have to have our husband's permission in order to do something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't need my husband's permission. I love having his support. I love having his blessing, but it's really different to be like, Hey, yeah. can you support me in this? Yeah. Then to be like, can I do this? Yeah, you know? right. Exactly. Yes. And honestly, he doesn't want to, he doesn't even want to give me permission. He, he's like, I don't, want to be the one who's saying yes or no when I don't know what you need I just want you to claim what you need and then I'll support you in it and I'll support you in it yeah that's great that's awesome that's a that's a great distinction um I think also there's an impossible um or I should say maybe I don't know that's impossible but it's unrealistic uh it's antiquated expectation that all women should and want to be mothers Mm-hmm. Or should and want to be married. And as we move towards uh, a different iteration of our economic power, political power, visibility, etc., we are discovering that with access and power come choices. Mm-hmm. And some women are choosing not to be married, not to have children. Um, or if they want to have children, or maybe they are biologically not designed to have children and they choose to adopt. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, destiny didn't want you to be a mother, but I'm going to be a mother anyway. <laughs> you know, right. it's like that choice point. I think um, that's another one of those antiquated things where it's like just a few generations ago, even just one generation ago, it was thought to be a status symbol, to be somebody's missus, mm-hmm. to make an honest woman out of her. It's like, mm. Studies show, sir, (laughs) (laughs) marriage is far more for the benefit of a man than it is for the benefit of a woman. 
And if and uh and so when women look at that and just mathematically speaking, I'm choosing to opt out. And but we still castigate women for those kinds of choices. Yeah. Um I I think anytime you take what's right for you and you try to place it on the masses, mm-hmm. you're gonna have a problem. Right. Yeah. Like right. I've had this conversation with my son um because he has, you know, we're, we're a very faith, faith-based family. Uh-huh. Um, I don't necessarily talk about it all the time, but like my husband's the Bishop of our congregation. We're mm-hmm. all in, spend a lot of our time dedicated to church. Yeah. And I have a son who's like, I don't believe that, you know, that's mm-hmm. not what I believe. That's not what I want to do. And so to have the conversation where I'm like, here's, here's where we've got to get to is that what's right for you, you can't impose on us right? And what's mm-hmm. right for us, we cannot impose, impose on you. Right. What we get to do is we get to love and support each other in the choices that we make. And I have no doubt that you're going to be a really great human being. Like mm-hmm. I'm excited to see who you grow into and become, because I know that the things that you do believe in are good. Like these are good things. You have a good moral compass. Mm. So you get to see what's right for you. And I, I just think that's, the conversation I would love to have with all women, if I could sit us all down together in a room, yeah, it'd be yeah. like, listen, what's yeah. right for you does not mean it's right for all of us. Right. <laughs> so if what's right for you is to be a stay at home mom that runs a mommy blog. Great. That's what's right for you. Mm-hmm. If what's right for you is to uh, be a stay at home mom that vol- volunteers for all the stuff, do that. That's great. If what's mm-hmm. right for you is to pursue your dreams and not have children, I love you. I support you in that. I just, I think we need to give each other yeah. more grace and Absolutely. more permission to be, um, be in alignment with what, what we do desire and value. Absolutely. hundred percent. Absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Totally. I have another one. Okay. This Wait. is a personal pet peeve. Oh, the hair and makeup. What's that about? Ah, do you mean like having it Why, professional? Like, <laughs> you okay? So I, you know, I run a lot of online conferences. We have a lot of speakers. Mm-hmm. The guys show up as they show up. Mm-hmm. They show up in t-shirts. They show up wearing a baseball hat. They show up um, wearing a suit. And however they choose to show up is professional for them, right? Yeah, yeah. But if I show up wearing a baseball hat and no makeup on and my hair is not done, I, it's like, whoa, what, what happened to Amy? Is she okay? What is she doing? Yeah. Like, why did you look like that? Wow. Um, and it, it's like every summit that I put on, you look at all the women and they come up, they come on with hair done, makeup on, they are dressed their backgrounds are professional. And then I've got dudes showing up in the lobby of a hotel room when the sound quality is bad and like basic level of respect, you know, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. produce right. a good output for people. Yeah. So, um, that's, that's a personal pet peeve of mine. I made this decision for myself during COVID, um, that I was like, I am just as smart, whether I'm wearing makeup or not. I am just as pretty whether I'm wearing makeup or not, but you know what? I get to choose based on what's best for me that day, whether I choose to show up in no makeup, comfy clothes, ready to get to work. Yeah. Um, or whether I show up looking like I am professional and polished according to the standards, the world sets, and it's going to be based on what's better for me, not based on what's better for you. Hallelujah. 
it was really an empowering moment for me. The first time I showed up on a Zoom with no makeup on, I was like, guess what? <laughs> guess I'm what? still super smart. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. I love that. I love that. Um, I also think that that uh, intersectionally looks different for different people. So, for example, you could show up somewhere in your curly hair regalia and still be considered um, be considered professional. And a black woman like myself, if I just let my hair do what it do, because <laughs> that is what's considered natural, then it's like, oh, she looks unkempt. She looks yes. so they won't say unkempt. They'll say unprofessional. Right. Yes. Um, and so we we tend to bend the knee to those impossible expectations as well, even if they don't feel aligned or authentic or fair or even legal. Hello, HR. Mm -hmm. right? um, and so, yeah, it's a it's a fine line that we that we navigate in that regard. So I will say this with the hair thing. When mm -hmm. I first started letting my hair go natural, I <laughs> felt very unprofessional. Mm -hmm. And every time we would go somewhere, in fact, the first time I ever let, I ever wore my hair curly to an, a professional event, you were there. Mm -hmm. We spoke on a panel in Atlanta and we went out to breakfast beforehand. And I was so self-conscious the whole time. I was like, man, I look so unprofessional. My hair looks messy. Um, like it just, it looks bad. Mm -hmm. And I look at the pictures now and I'm like, like that was not unprofessional. That was not like, what about that felt wrong, yeah. but there is that stigma that, and I, it does it is very racially, like the history is racially motivated that anything that's not straight and very Caucasian mm -hmm. style hair yeah. is unprofessional. Right. So yeah. Or in size too. Like I, uh, I promised myself years ago that I would never uh, I would never miss an opportunity that I wanted to take because of how I felt in my body. Hmm. And then in the last couple of years, I have gained a lot of weight and I felt myself wanting to be like, eh, I don't really want to be on camera for that. Eh, mm -hmm. I don't really. And I'm like, no, Amy, you promised that yourself a long time ago that you would never miss an opportunity that you wanted to do because of how you felt in your body. Yeah. So put on the swimsuit and go flop around wherever you want to be on whatever beach that looks like, yeah. like you, you show up for you. Um, but it has been interesting as I have gotten older and as my shape has changed and as, you know, I have more wrinkles and all those things to see, like you were talking about the ageism, mm -hmm. um, to see myself having to say, I still want to be in this space. So I'm doing it anyway, versus yeah. feeling like I'd rather not do video. I'd rather just do audio or <laughs> I'd rather just write, you know? Yeah. 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 Wow. So great. Because a lot of times, uh, one of the ways that I think in this culture that women have been gaslit is through the process of internalizing those things. Mm -hmm. And we internalize it by just unspoken expectations. We internalize it by unconscious conversations that we either heard or participated in in our childhood. Um, the, another impossible expectation to give you an example of what I'm talking about is this idea that we have to be responsible for men's emotional state. Mm -hmm. And what that looks like is, for example, I have to, when somebody, when some stranger approaches me in a public space, um, you, sir, your worst nightmare in that interaction is that you might feel rejected. 
my worst nightmare is that I might get killed. Mm-hmm. So my trauma response is to fawn, to be nice, to be polite, to deflect. <laughs> like, I really like this. I don't want to be bothered with you, mm-hmm. but I can't say that because I might get killed. Um, or in my childhood, for example, where there was a particular uncle coming to visit, I had to change what I was wearing. Why? Why does the child have to be responsible for the yes. predator? predatory impulses of an adult male that's uh i mean come on that's another sermon for another sunday but that's one of the ways in which we Mm. make women responsible even at such an early age for somebody else's emotional regulation yeah i have a story that made me really mad about that i was at a church camp for teenage girls Mm. it was water day these girls were in their bathing suits And, um, there was an older woman there that was like, cause they're all running around in their bathing suits all day long. Right. Mm -hmm. It is a church camp for teenage girls. And, uh, one of the older ladies was like, girls cover up. There are men here. And I was like, if the men here are scoping out the teenage girls, the men here need to leave. Like this is their camp. This is their space. It is water day. Right. I'm walking around in a swimsuit too. And Mm -hmm. if the men are looking at me, that's their problem, not mine. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I do want to talk about the impossible expectations that we place on ourselves Mm -hmm. because uh, mine is overscheduling and expecting Uh myself to like, fulfill on something that I would never ask anyone else to do. Mm-hmm. Like I, I will pile more and, and I do it because I really like a lot of things, right? Like yeah. I really like running on my business. I really like being involved with my children's stuff. I really like the service that I do in the community and at church. And I really like to write books and I really like music. And so I do all of the things that I really like to do. And then I load myself full and I get frustrated that I can't do any one of those things as well Mm. as somebody who was just doing only one of those things. Yeah. So I've had to learn that, um, I've had to just really learn to be honest with myself about what is doable and what is not doable. Mm -hmm. And I don't ask of myself more than what I would ask of anyone else. If I wouldn't Mm -hmm. ask it of you, I'm not asking it of me. Right. Right. Do you have any impossible expectations that you place on yourself? I feel like you've already been there, done that. Like there's a lot that I've been done that. Yes. And, uh, some of the ones that were harder for me to get over. Um, was overcome. It's kind of like overscheduling, but, but for me, it was like overcommitting, like having a lot on my plate. So it, it wasn't necessarily time sensitive. It was bandwidth sensitive. Yeah. And, um, and I would say yes to things that I either didn't want to do, didn't have the capacity to do, wasn't interested in doing, just mm-hmm. because I wanted to show that I'm capable, that I can handle it, that I, this is no problem, that this is a piece right. of cake to me. And da, da, da. I wanted to prove my competence or my uh, willingness to help or whatever the case may be. And I've gotten much more respectful mm-hmm. of my own constraints and boundaries and so forth. And, and because I would rather you trust that my yes is a yes and a no is a no, then that means that my I'm full-throated with my yeses. And that way, when yeah. I say no, then you, it doesn't feel like a letdown. It doesn't feel like a disappointment. It doesn't feel like a rejection or whatever, because it's like, that's honest. That's mm-hmm. honest. And, and if she were available or willing to do it, then the answer would have been yes. 
you know yeah. so it, it creates a certain level of like clarity and certainty but also like okayness um but it took me a while it took me a while to get there yeah and I think it's okay that we take a while to get to our destinations but I think <laughs> yeah. the first step is to really look at your life and see where do you have impossible expectations like mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't expect one of my team members to work when they're sick, mm-hmm. but I expect me to work when I'm sick. Well, mm. okay. That's a starting place, right? Like you can yeah. say, you know what? I actually don't feel well. I'm going to take a nap. I'm going to take a sick day. I'm going to reschedule some things and watch how the world does not burn down. And then you're like, it's, Oh, okay. Yeah. It's more than, I enough. can do that. <laughs> I can do that. Um, right. or, you know, some of us expect ourselves to have like be happy all of the time. You would never expect anyone else to be happy all of the time. Mm-hmm. So let yourself experience being sad for a day, like have a day where you feel the feels and, and then watch how the next day it's okay. Um, I think oh. you just have to practice this a little bit, giving yourself some grace to be really imperfect mm-hmm. and watch as the world does not fall apart. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> And then you have some choices to make. Then it's like, am I going to, I'm going to hang my sense of specialness and importance on being able to say yes to everything, or can I get it somewhere else, <laughs> some mm-hmm. other way <laughs> that doesn't require me to martyr myself, you know, yes. on the altar of impossible expectations. Yeah, for sure. Well, my friends, thank you for listening to our rant. I feel like that's what today was, was just yes. our rant. It was very therapeutic. <laughs> I appreciate being able to walk this with you. <laughs> I feel like I got some stuff off my chest. So (laughs) we appreciate all of you for joining us. Thank you for being here as part of your circle of influence. And uh, we hope that you'll be back again soon. So make sure that you uh, like the episode, um, leave us a comment, hit the subscribe button so you can get notified every time we release new videos and new uh, podcast episodes. Mm -hmm. So thank you for being with us. We hope you all have a wonderful day. Talk to you soon.